You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Welcome Kirk Herbstreit is on the phone. Here, with a podcast and a super American yeah. yeah. Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, June thirtieth, two thousand twenty-two. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's having a great day, and I already know what you're thinking. Thinking to yourself, hey, Taurus, I like you, but I'm used to getting you on Friday along with the Wednesday and Monday episode. What is going on, man? Here's what I would tell you. I was going to do the normal Friday episode. I wanted to talk Imani Bates. I wanted to do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, but there was a topic that broke on Thursday afternoon that was so big I could not avoid talking about it, and so today's show is going to be focused solely on that topic. UCLA, USC, leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. This story is so huge. It's not just big for the Big Ten. It's not just big for the Pac-12. It will have ripple effects across college sports, and I believe this is the day. When we look back in 10 years, College sports change forever for this day. I believe we're headed towards super conferences. I break that down. What does it mean for the Pac-12? What does it mean for the Big Ten? Does the SEC now try to expand? This is a fascinating story that has so many layers, and so that will be the sole focus of today's show. If you want some Amani Bates stuff, I'll probably do something on YouTube, but right now the sole focus is on USC and UCLA. I should add this. In terms of next week, the plan was to go ahead and do shows on Wednesday and Friday. Monday is the holiday. Just stay by your phones. I cannot promise what next week is going to look like. I was not going to do a show on Monday, but if something breaks this weekend with other schools, other conferences, we will obviously update. But today's show is all about USC and UCLA, uh, and that's going to be the focus. And we'll talk about it. We will hit on this topic from every single angle. And then we'll get out of here, and I do hope you enjoy the holiday weekend. But with that said, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, look, in the grand scheme of sports, the topic of the day is obviously Kevin Durant, right? We, we all know that's the story. That's what everybody's tuning Everybody in the bigger picture world of sports, if I was running SportsCenter, that's obviously what you're going to lead with in terms of the sports world. But in terms of what we do, what we do on the Air Taurus Pod, 
You don't need me to beat around the bush to tell you what the biggest story in our world is. This isn't one of those days where you need Torres to give you two, three, four minutes of context to set up what the topic of the day is. No, we all know what it is. It is the news that broke on Thursday that UCLA and USC will be leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. And over the next, whatever it is, 20, 25 minutes, maybe, maybe less, maybe more, I'm going to hit this story from a lot of different directions. This is going to be one of those shows where I kind of just throw out every little opinion that I have and go in a lot of different directions, and wherever the wind takes me, that's where I end up. But if I can give you one 30,000-foot thought, the biggest picture takeaway, if you take nothing else out of this segment other than this, this is the, to- this is the thought and the topic that I want you to take out of this segment, and then we'll kind of get into all the details and break it down. That thought is pretty straightforward. It is that on Thursday, June 30th, 2022, college sports, as we forever knew them, changed forever. And we'll still go to the games, and we'll still watch on TV, and when SEC rivals Alabama and Texas will play, we'll definitely tune in, and when new Big Ten rivals USC and Ohio State play at the LA Coliseum or at the Horseshoe, we will tune in. But the college sports that you and I grew up on, the college sports that our parents grew up on, the college sports that, frankly, your grandparents may have grown up on and passed down from their generation to your parents to you. That died on Tuesday. I think, really, it started Oklahoma, Texas was the first kind of puzzle piece. But USC, UCLA, of all schools in America, they were the ones that broke the camel's back. And so let's get into everything that happened on Thursday and all the ripple effects because they are huge. And it's kind of funny, right? Because in in life, you know, you just, in life, you, you, whatever is kind of important to you, you remember the the details of where you were and when it happened. And maybe you're a music fan and you remember when this band broke up or that band announced the tour or whatever. But this is my world, college sports, and, and, and I'll never forget what was going on when all this happened. I'm going on vacation in two weeks, not this coming week, but the week after 4th of July. And I'm trying to pre-record a couple interviews to just run for you guys and girls while I'm gone. And so I'm on Zoom with a pretty prominent media member. You'll you'll learn who in the coming days. Going to run the interview the week of July 8th, July 10th, I think. And while I'm doing the interview, my phone just blows up. Like one text after the other, after the other, after the other. And in my head, I'm like, what the heck is going on? This guy, I am not important enough to be getting this many texts in a row. What is going on? And so the interview ends. And I look at my phone, I have about 8, 9, 10 missed missed texts. And they're all from similar people, but not similar people that like college sports, but have nothing to do with each other. And every single one says, USC, UCLA, USC, UCLA. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And so I log on to social media, and I obviously see the piece of news that rocked college sports on Thursday. Again, USC and UCLA are leaving the Big Ten in 2024, or leaving the Pac-12 in 2024 for the Big Ten. It was reported by a guy named John Wilner, longtime guy who's covered West Coast football. I would call it Pac-12 football, but I don't know how much longer the Pac-12 is going to exist. And I saw it, and my heart sank. And my heart sank because of what I just said. College sports as we know it is going to change. Now, at the end of the day, am I surprised about this news? No, I'm not surprised about this news, and kind of let me explain why. It really goes back to a lot of the conversations that we had about Texas and Oklahoma last year 
But then more importantly, not just Texas and Oklahoma, but what the trickle-down effects of Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 for the SEC were. The trickle-down effects were that Texas and Oklahoma were in great shape and that everybody else in the Big 12 was really kind of screwed. Because at the end of the day, yes, you can add teams, but you can't add the value that Texas and Oklahoma leave and the Pac-12 won't be able to do the same. And to go back to the USC-UCLA conversation, why my heart sank, why I am not surprised, I'm not surprised because while geographically on paper it makes no sense, from a financial perspective and a security perspective, it makes perfect sense. People say, is this true? Could it be possible? Could this really happen? Yeah, it could happen because there's a couple reasons. One, cold hard cash. Money makes the world go round. And I wish that college sports wasn't like professional sports, but it is. And in college sports, it's been about the money. It's been about the cold, hard cash since as long as I've been covering it. I'm a UConn fan. We got a lot of listeners in Connecticut. I see the numbers. This show is pretty big in Connecticut. UConn fans remember where you were when Boston College, Miami, and Virginia Tech left the old Big East for the ACC. Didn't really make sense for Boston College to leave for the ACC except for money. Didn't make sense for Rutgers and Maryland to leave their respective conferences for the Big Ten, except for money. And it does not make sense at all for UCLA versus U- for, for UCLA and USC to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten for anything other than money. So from one perspective, it is about the money. Reports are that they are going to make upwards of potentially $100 million apiece in their new conference. But it's also about stability. Reports are also, by the way, that they'll double the money. The Pac-12's TV contract was set to come up in 2024. If a new contract had been written with UCLA and USC in it, they would have made half of what they're going to make in the Big Ten, and that's why they're gone, and that's why they're leaving right now, because the contract comes up in 2024. So they're leaving over cold, hard cash. They're leaving over money. But they're also leaving over stability. Because as I said... When Texas and Oklahoma left last year, you got to remember, you can't just put yourself in the mindset of who you are, where you were when you heard the news about UCLA, USC. You have to put your head into where you were when Texas and Oklahoma a year ago, 11 months ago, announced that they were leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. At that time, if you remember, it was chaos. There's reports that this school's reaching out to the SEC and that school's reaching out to the Big 10 and could Miami go to the Big 10? And what about Florida State and Clemson to the SEC? And what I said at the time is everybody is calling everybody because there's no stability and there's really only two safe places that you can be. You can be in the SEC. That's the safest place you can be. As long as Alabama and Georgia and Florida and LSU and now Texas, Oklahoma, plus Texas A&M and all those schools, as long as college football is being played, as long as this earth is spinning around the sun, Those schools are going to play major college football, and if you're paired with them, you're in pretty good shape. Beyond that, I also said this. I said it'd be good. I'd be trying to get into the Big Ten if I was somebody else, because the Big Ten, as long again as that, as long as the big blue marble's spinning around the moon, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State are going to be playing. So big big time football. Now some of you SEC fans would say it's not big time, but you get the point. And so why I wasn't surprised was because this was about a money grab from USC and UCLA, but it's also about stability. Because whatever the next iteration of college sports look like, as long as you're aligned with the SEC or as long as you're aligned with the Big Ten, you are going to be okay. 
if you are aligned with anybody else, you could be in a crap load of trouble, which brings me to the big picture, long-term ramification complication of this whole situation. Since I have been covering college sports, okay, I'm in my mid-30s, got out of school in the, the late 2000s into 2010, that was when that first round of realignment went, when I, all the schools I just mentioned, Maryland and Rutgers go to the Big Ten, West Virginia goes to the Big 12, Utah and Colorado go to the Pac-12, Nebraska goes to the Big Ten, Texas A&M goes to the SEC. Ever since that time, we have been talking about a world where we eventually get to super conferences, where we get to, con I'll call them conglomerates, whether it's 20, 25, 30, maybe six, as few as 16 teams, as much as 30 or 40. But we are getting to a, we were always trending to a world where there were going to be super conferences. And why I said that college sports will never be the same is because I believe that we are officially here today and this is officially the move. The SEC is at 16, the Big Ten is now at 16, and I can't imagine either conference is slowing down. Now, before we get into what could potentially happen next, I think we have to first look at what the world looks like with super conferences because, first of all, I've gotten a million different questions. Well, what does this mean for my school? What does this mean for my school? I had a couple of UConn fans. I just mentioned UConn. Reach out. Could we be in the ACC? What does this mean for us? Well, there might not be an ACC in a couple of years from now. And there might not be 32 teams in the Big Ten in the SEC. And so to me, first of all, I think we are, are headed towards this, this world of super conferences. I don't think it's good for college sports. And I actually think it's going to be fewer teams than you think, and I'll explain why in a minute. I think we're looking at probably closer to 16 to 24 teams than we are to 30 teams. And if I had to guess, I would say about probably 16 to 20 for each of these two conferences, and those two conferences are going to make all the money, and they're going to have all the advantages, and yeah, there may still be a Big 12. There may still be a ACC. There may still be a Pac-12, but it's not going to be the same as being part of the ACC, being part of the SEC or part, being part of the Big 10, and that is why I believe, to go back to what I said, college sports has changed forever, and I don't know if it's a good thing because this was... This was the, like, like, you know, like the Neil Armstrong, one small step, one giant leap. This was the giant leap for college sports. I think Texas, Oklahoma was the small step towards mega conferences, towards super conferences. I believe that UCLA and USC is that because I don't believe there's any way you can go back. The Pac-12 can try to add teams. The Pac there are only so many teams that bring value to these conferences and two of them just left the Pac-12 and there is no way you can replace them just like there's no way you can replace what Texas and Oklahoma brought to the Big 12. And again, forgive me, I'm going in a million different directions, but I hope all this is making sense. I believe we are very close to a world of super conferences. And I would say a couple things. One, I'm curious to see what happens next, right? I'm curious to see what happens next because I don't believe this is the last domino to fall. Now, as I just said a minute ago, I don't know if there's going to be as many dominoes as a lot of people think, but I do think that this is not the last domino to fall. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the first question is, does the SEC have a counter move? Does the SEC want to have a counter move? And it's very interesting because I was watching the SEC baseball tournament because everybody knows I'm a college baseball guy. And they had Greg Sankey in the booth for the championship game. It was Tennessee, I think, against Florida. I can't even remember who they played. I think it was Florida. It wasn't A&M. It wasn't – whatever. I think it was Tennessee-Florida. And they asked Greg Sankey. It was right after those conference meetings with, with the head coaches, the football coaches. And Greg Sankey said, like, we're kind of set at 16. We're happy to be at 16. And I believe that he really believed that at the time. But now you got to wonder, okay, the Pac-12 has fallen apart. The ACC's kind of got to be looking around saying what's going to happen now. Does the SEC have a next move? Does the SEC now reach out to Clemson? Do they reach out to Florida State? Do they reach out to Miami? Do they reach out to North Carolina? Do they reach out to Duke? They're going to reach out to somebody, and I think we're going to get more movement towards the SEC in the very near future. Again, right now, the only safe places to be are the SEC and the Big Ten. The SEC is going to make a move. The SEC is always two steps ahead of everybody else. So if this happens from the Pac-12 Big Ten perspective, I can't even imagine what the SEC's next move is going to be. Remember, a year ago, my buddy Mark Ryan, I talked about him on this show, radio host in Clemson, in South Carolina, was the Clemson pre- and post-game guy, has great resources and sources in the ACC. He said Clemson and FSU reached out to the SEC last year. You think they're not doing the same this year? Give me a break. College sports is heading towards, I believe, two mega conferences, and you want to be in the SEC, you want to be in the Big Ten, you don't want to take a chance anywhere else. Beyond that, I'm curious if the Big Ten has another move. Now, I think there's two sides to this. I certainly think there is a world where the Big Ten does look at some other Pac-12 schools. Does Washington make sense? Does Oregon make sense? That's kind of the buzz right now is that do you go with some more Pac-12 schools to create a bigger conference, wider base, whatever, but then also to kind of create some geographical teams that make sense for UCLA and USC? I don't believe that the end game today, June 30th, for the Big Ten is to have two schools completely geographically isolated from the other 14 schools. So I don't believe that that is where we are going and that is what, what is going to happen. But I don't think it's inconceivable. Let me explain why. So, so those are the big things to, to watch out for. What does the SEC do next? And what does the Big Ten do next? By the way, the Pac-12 and the Big everybody's going to try to do something else, but none of it matters. And, and this is an important part, too. If, if the Big Ten doesn't want Oregon and Washington, 
then the Pac-12 will go get somebody else. They'll go get San Diego State. They'll try to get this school. They'll try to get that school. None of it matters because there's no replacing USC and UCLA and the value that they bring. And that brings me to the most fascinating next question. What if neither of these conferences makes a move? Now, I think at some point they will. But remember, the reason these conferences are making these moves is because the schools that they're bringing in significantly enhance their television deals. Texas and Oklahoma, we can make fun of Texas all we want. Oklahoma, they just lost Lincoln Riley. But you can't tell me that Texas and Oklahoma do not significantly increase the SEC TV deal. As a matter of fact, it's indisputable at this point based on the numbers. And that was what was interesting of, uh, as a byproduct of Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 last year. There was a thought, well, well what is the, who's going to be next for the Big 10? Are they going to take Kansas and Iowa State for basketball? Are they going to take this school? Are they going to take that school? What does the Big Ten do? Because the SEC just went to 16, so the Big Ten has to go to 16. And if you listen to this podcast, you remember me saying, why do they have to go to 16? Like, why do they have to go to 16? The reason that you add schools is because they bring value. And with no disrespect intended to Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, None of those schools brought value to the Big Ten. So the Big Ten waited until they found schools that actually did bring value in USC and UCLA. So I think while there's obviously this thought of what happens next, I do think there is a big picture question of how many schools are left on the market that actually will move the needle for television networks if you add them to your conference. I'd say Clemson's one. Maybe Miami if they get things going under Mario Cristobal. Maybe Florida State. The big fish that I'm fascinated about, what about Notre Dame? Is this finally what pushes them into a conference? Is it the Big Ten? Is it the SEC? Do they stay independent? And what does independence even look like five years from now? But I think that's the big picture. The big picture is we're going to super conferences whether you like it or not. And I certainly don't. I think the more fascinating question is, what are the next dominoes to fall? Who does the SEC deem that has value that they could potentially add outside of Notre Dame? Does Clemson add value? Does UNC add value? Does Miami add value? Does Florida State add value? And then it's the same for the Big Ten. Does Washington add value? Does Oregon add value? Will Oregon leave without Oregon State? Probably, but those are things that we have to figure out. And finally, what I would say is this. I think that's the, that's the what the what is, we're eventually going to get to super conferences. I think the next question is, what are these other conferences? What, what, are, the, what are the counter moves from the Big Ten and the SEC? But let me just get emotional for a minute. I feel like I've, I've been very emotional on this show, the state of college sports. I don't think this is a good day for college sports. And, and, I, and I'll give you an example as to why. When I was a kid, Major League Baseball was really big. Was really big. And there's a lot of different reasons why Major League Baseball has fallen off the map, and we don't have to get into them. This isn't a baseball podcast. But one of the reasons I've always believed that Major League Baseball has kind of fallen off the map is because of the fact that at one point they went to interleague play. So for those of you who are in your 20s, your teens, maybe even your early 30s, there was a time before interleague play. And at that time, it was actually a really big deal, National League versus American League. The only time you saw them was in the All-Star game 
and in the World Series. And the All-Star game meant something because you were playing for your league pride. The NL's better. We don't have a DH. The AL, we have a DH. Our pitchers don't hit. That meant something. And then the World Series certainly meant something. And when I noticed baseball started falling off, about 95, 96, they go to interleague play. And at first, it's this really cool thing, right? Yankees play the Mets. The Dodgers play the Angels, whatever. And then over time, they added more interleague play. And then over time, they went to, they, 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 they put the Houston Astros from the NL to the AL, and you had 15 teams in each league. And all of a sudden, you had interleague play every single night. And it went from this super cool thing. First, it went from never happening at all to this super cool thing to now the Cardinals are playing the, the, the St. Louis Cardinals are playing the Oakland A's on a Tuesday, and who cares? And baseball went from this super, like, NL versus AL, it matters. You know, you talk about the SEC, it just means more? That was baseball 25 years ago. It just means more in the AL. It means more in the NL. And then it, by, by, by 2022, it's just this one big homogenized sport that I don't know that, like, it's just one big blob of baseball, right? There's no, like, difference between the NL and the AL and the East and the West and the this and that. And I do worry that's where we're going with college football. To bring it back to college football, you're like, why are you talking baseball tours? That's why. It's because I believe that this is kind of where we're headed for college football. A lot of the things that we love about college football, I believe unofficially died today. Now, we're not going to be at super conferences tomorrow. We're not going to be at, at 20 in the SEC and 20 in the Big Ten and everybody else is a loser, sit out on the sidelines in a day or two. But what I do believe is that this move eventually leads us to super conferences. And by the way, maybe it's, it's, it's more than 20 in a conference. Maybe it, it is 20. I don't know. Maybe we have sub-super conferences where the Big 12 and the Pac-12 exist, but they're clearly not the same as the Big Ten and the, 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 the SEC. But I don't believe this was a good day because I believe that a lot of what makes college football college football died today. What makes college football so great is the regionality of it, is the rivalries, is the idea that maybe not so much over the last couple years as the SEC has separated itself, but like when I grew up, it was like Big Ten versus Pac-12, who's going to, Big Ten versus Pac-10 at the time, who's going to win the Rose Bowl, whose conference champion is really better? Can Notre Dame really compete on a national level? Uh, Is the SEC really that good? Is this, is that, can the best Big Ten team beat the best SEC team? And I do think we've already lost a little bit of that. But when we're just one big blob where the the Big Ten has 20 and the SEC has 20, I believe we lose a lot of that. I believe we lose a lot of what makes college, why college football is the greatest sport in the world, in my opinion, at least from a topic conversation perspective. I've said this for years. College football is like, it's just one big bar argument. It's just one big argument. Everybody's arguing our conference is better, our league is better, our division is better, our schedule is tougher, your coach stinks, my coach stinks, whatever. And I think we lost a lot of that in college sports today because, again, USC, remember, think about back to the Pete Carroll days, and I know I'm going in a lot of different directions, but I hope, you know, it's all making sense. Like, in the Pete Carroll days, it used to be like, how good are they? Wow, what are they going to do in the in the in the Rose Bowl? And could they really compete against the SEC? And then they would play, and it would be awesome. Well, now we're going to get USC Ohio State in Week Two, and it's going to be great, but it's not going to be the same. It, it, you know, and and I worry that we're getting towards this homogenized world of college football, where everybody is just in this big blob and whatever. 
I'll wrap by saying a few other things. Um, I don't think it's good for the sport as a, a whole. I will say we'll, we'll see what happens if the Big Ten has more moves. But if they stick at 16, I don't think it creates more good content. I get that it's about money. But guess what? Rutgers and Maryland left the ACC, or the Big East and the ACC respectively for the Big Ten for money. How's that working out for them? And how's it going to work out for USC and UCLA as well? It's great that you have all this money in the world. It's great that your bills get paid off. But you're trying to tell me UCLA has trouble drawing fans for rivals that they've played for 100 years? Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford. And now you're going to tell me that UCLA fans are going to come out to watch Purdue and Minnesota and Wisconsin? Come on, now give me a break. On the flip side, what about all the other sports? Like, like this is the part that frustrates me the most. We make these decisions, and I'm going to get, when I finish this, and i got about five minutes left in this segment, I promise. But we, we focus so much on just football. But never forget, your school, if you're in the Big Ten, your school, if you're a UCLA USC fan, they got a baseball team, they got a softball team, they got a women's volleyball team, they got a tennis team. Yeah, foot, this whole idea sounds great when USC is playing Ohio State one Saturday a year. But what about the other 11 Saturdays? And what about when softball has to go to Minnesota in the middle of the winter? And I don't even know if Minnesota has a softball team. What happens when UCLA's gymnastics team has to get on a cross-country flight to play against Rutgers or, or Iowa or Wisconsin or whatever? I don't think it creates more compelling content. I don't think it's great for the Olympic sports. I'll say this too. And you guys know I love college basketball. I am an advocate for college basketball. I don't know what, what the future of the NCAA tournament is. Because if we do go to two super conferences, and it's all about the money, and the SEC and the Big Ten know they don't have to share it with anybody else, are we going to have an NCAA tournament? Or is it just going to be a, a, a field of, of 32 with the two power conferences? Or if we get four super conferences, is it just going to be a field of 64 where we get 64 teams from the power conferences. I worry about this, and this is a world of college sports that we worry about. And so I could go on and on. I think I'm basically done. I don't think this is a good day for college sports. Finally, the last thing I would say, the most disappointing thing about all this, I will tell you, is I believe that it could have been avoided. I thought my buddy Rob Douster from Field of 68 covers college, college, uh, college basketball. I thought he brought up a great point. And I'm going to take his words and I'm going to kind of spit them into my own. But, but to go to, I'll get to Rob's point in a minute. But I think about 10 years ago, I think everybody could see college football is this behemoth that has outgrown the current structure of college sports. And it's become such a big topic over the last couple weeks, last couple months with NIL, with this, with that, with the other thing. And everybody has said, Dabo Sweeney has said, Nick Saban has said, um, I can't remember everybody else. I don't want to put words in other people's mouths. But they said college football has to break off and run itself and let, all, let the NCAA run all the other sports. And so why this is so disappointing is because whether it was the stubbornness of the NCAA, whatever it was, there was a world where we didn't have to start picking off teams from each other and this and that and the other thing. If we could have just separated college football and we could have brought the five commissioners to the negotiating tables together, 
the commissioners of the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big East, or Big East, Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and you all go to the table together? We don't have to rip teams from each other. By the way, how about that alliance? Remember when the alliance, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 was supposed to work together? Yeah, how'd that work out? But there was a world where all of these schools could have gone to, to, all these commissioners could have gone to the TV networks together and said, look, you take all of us together, we do this together, and everybody gets a piece of the pie. And we didn't do that. And we were so worried about keeping all the sports under one umbrella that we now have this situation where every school Every conference, every whatever is picking at each other to do what's best for them. If I, if I can leave you with this, two things. One, I don't think it's a good day for college sports. It is the new world. But two, this was all avoidable, man. This was all avoidable, and money got in the way. Greed got in the way. I, I'll just wrap by saying, you know, my buddy Josh Pate, many of you know him. I think many of you listen to his show, honestly. He does a great – he has a great concept that basically the people that make decisions in college football – are so different than the people who watch and consume it. And all of these decisions that are being made that we think are best for the future of college football, no. It's best for right now the money that we can get at this moment. And I don't believe college football is in a better position today, June 30th, with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten than it was on June 29th. I'm worried about the future of this sport. I'm worried about pretty much everything. So I don't mean to end on all doom and gloom, but I do think it's time for me to get out of here. First of all, I want to thank you guys and girls uh, for all your support. June, another big month. Um, And yeah, I hope you understand kind of why I did what I did on today's show. It just felt like this story was so big. I assume most of you want immediate reaction because it affects all of you. If you're an SEC fan, you may be sitting pretty now. But what happens if your conference ad teams? What happens if you're a Pac-12 fan? What happens if you're an Arizona, Arizona State fan, Colorado fan? What does it mean for the non-football powers? I mean, there are so many layers to this story, and so I wanted to get it out of. I wanted to get this episode out. And like I said, you know, the other stuff it can wait till next week. Uh, Amani Bates, if you are interested, I'll probably do a segment on YouTube at some point here over the next couple of days. Uh, also. Kevin Durant, I was actually going to do a Kevin Durant segment, uh, decided against it, but, you know, I mean, my, my stance on Kevin Durant is pretty obvious, right? I mean, Charles Barkley called him basically a bus hopper, like he hops on the bus, he hops on the bandwagon. Um, it's hard not to argue that today, right? Charles Barkley's kind of a winner today because Kevin Durant chooses, he, you know, he leaves Golden State because he wants to do his own thing, he wants to build his own thing, then he has a chance to do it, then it doesn't go well, then he immediately demands a trade. So the, the Kevin Durant stuff, I mean, there's so many layers to it. But it just felt like today was a a Pac-12, USC, UCLA kind of day. And so I hope you understand why I made the decision that I did. Um, But yeah, I think that's it for today's show. Quick kind of reminder what I just said. Next week, it'll be interesting. There was a plan to take Monday off, July 4th. Enjoy the holiday. I know many of you are going to be traveling. You're going to be with friends. You're going to be with family. So my plan was to take off July 4th. Now I'm not so sure. We'll see if there's any breaking news, any big news. Obviously, if there's more kind of trickle-down ramifications, then I will, in fact, kind of come on and do a Sunday show, a Monday show, a Tuesday show. Otherwise, we'll be back on Wednesday. There's going to be plenty to talk about on Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, So busy week next week. The following week, I will be on vacation, but I have already pre-taped a couple mega interviews that you guys and girls are going to enjoy. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is just stick with me. Uh, Thursday show today, 
We'll be back some point next week, maybe as late as, as, uh, as Wednesday, maybe on Tuesday, maybe on Monday, depending on what happens over the weekend in the Pac-12. But that said, I am going to get out of here. want to thank you guys and girls for listening to today's episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. If you're not already subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Make sure you're following all those team-specific accounts. By the way, busy day for the team-specific accounts. Uh, shout out my buddy Jake who runs the Arizona account. Uh, tough day to be an Arizona fan, but listen, we'll get through this. We'll figure it all out, but I appreciate your guys and girls' support. I am going to get out of here. I do hope, again, I know I've said it three or four times, I hope everybody enjoys the holiday weekend. Get away, take a deep breath, have a couple cold drinks, have one for your boy Torres, but I'm going to get out of here. Thank you again for your support. Thank you again for making June a record-setting month for the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, and it's go time. SEC Media Days are basically here. College football is going to ramp up, and college football takes no days off. So thank you again for your support. I am going to get out of here. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to J.J. Reddick, you F-head. Is J.J. Reddick about to be Mr. SEC? Is Duke going to the SEC? We'll talk about that maybe on the next episode. Have a great 4th of July weekend, everybody. I am out of here. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.